Welcome to North Beats from North Beach. I'm your host, Corey Luna, chatting with the people behind electronic music. In this first episode, I chat with Chris Amann and his debut album, Data Ledger. Chris, first off, thanks for having me over, man. This is a beautiful setup. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and so I'm really cur- I'm curious about uh, your process as da- as a data ledger. So, uh, Chris, tell me more about um, the your data ledger project. About you know what inspired you to you know do this this album that you you produced this year. Well, uh, it started with, um, I mean, if you want to go way back, it started in college, uh, like 14 years ago. My friend got me a uh, suspiciously obtained version of Fruity Loops uh, and showed me how to like put together a couple of loops and beats and samples, and uh, I barely knew how to use a synthesizer. Um, well, virtual synth, that is. So I just kind of turned knobs and tweaked presets until I got something kind of cool, and I would just make little instrumental things um, for myself, mainly. I mean, I tried releasing some, but it wasn't really anything super serious. Uh, after 2013, I, I put out um, a Caldera EP, which was pretty much straight up, like, alt-rock. Um, I'd been thinking of all of the the song scraps and the chord progressions and the skeletons that are just sitting on my hard drive for years and if I was ever going to do anything with them or develop them uh, any further, if they had any um, potential or if they could just maybe serve to inspire something else, something new. So what I did was I just kind of gathered all the ones that I thought had uh, promise, um, put them all on kind of a list and um, sort of systematically went through seeing which ones kind of fit together and which ones to um, to make progress on. Um, and at the same time, as I was going through that, I was also um, rapidly consuming um, podcasts and videos and articles about uh, electronic production and um, synth patches and like I wanted to learn how everything works you know, I mean, I, I barely knew what ADSR was. I, I knew what a filter was, but I didn't know, like, how it worked. Um, so I sort of taught myself all of that, and over time just kind of kept messing around, and, and that would inspire me to come up with a new idea or patch or um, verse of something. Um, I also went a little crazy and downloaded all of the free uh, plugins that I could find. <laughs> um, both effects and instruments, and I found just a ton of really awesome uh, soft synths that were free and very inspiring, and uh, I kind of made a mixture of those um, in my... Well, I, I didn't use all of them, but I, uh, I think I had a, a top five or so that I would kind of rotate uh, within these songs, and... Um, and I wanted to, I didn't want to do anything straight 
electronic. I wanted to, from the from the start, I wanted it to be a hybrid of live instruments and electronica stuff. So that could be synths or drums, basically, or samples or um, or found recording. You know, I took a lot of just random cell phone recordings from walking around. Or, like I, I recorded uh, when we were in San Francisco, I recorded some weird dudes on the bus having some really um, active conversation. And uh, I don't know, I, I didn't end up using that on the record, but there's just all sorts of things that I, I kind of pulled together and tried to um, make either into music or just serve the song in some way. Um, like there's a, there's a thing called a silhouette cameo, which is a basically a paper cutting machine. It's like a printer, but instead of an inkjet, it's a razor blade. So you put paper in it, um, and Kat uses it for her craft, so she'll cut out, she'll design something and cut out a bunch of paper. I recorded that, and I turned that into um, like an industrial beat, and that's actually on the song Hole. It features pretty much throughout the whole thing. Um, so stuff like that. I mean, I, I also have a, a traditional upbringing of drumming and guitar, a little bit of bass and piano, so I just kind of incorporated those. Um, and what I knew of conventional song structure and tried to combine them all into something that still seemed cohesive. Cool, man. It was a long-ass answer. <laughs> it was, but um, I think that I, with uh, in relation to you wanted this, your album to uh, have a, a mixture of you know, live in instruments and and um, electronica, as you said, I think comes through really well with your album because uh, there's a great balance of guitars and synthesizers on top of each other. And mm -hmm. you know, some start out softer with guitars. Some some of your songs start out with just all synthesizers and samples. Like one of the uh, one of your tracks that really stands out to me was Tem "Temporary Objectivity." Mm -hmm. Which really stands out. I just love the, the intro to it so much. <laughs> yeah, it's a really good track. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's uh, yeah that that one. I started uh, each song from a different uh, bass, so that started from an arpeggiated synth, which is what you hear at the beginning. You know, not everything I start with is the intro, but um, you know, some some start like I would write a conventional rock song, so I would it would start with a guitar lick. Mm -hmm. or a chord progression, um, some were a beat I came up with, so that kind of takes the, the song takes the shape of kind of what I start with in some cases, so, yeah, I mean, especially with, with, uh, maybe five of them, <laughs> um, they start all with, uh, some kind of drum machine, um, related thing, and then the other half maybe are live drums, and, um, I kind of tried to work those in when I could. Uh, the um, the marriage of live and and uh, fake or programmed drums turned out to be pretty tough, um, especially if you have similar beats. So it's um, like when I was recording myself drumming on the set, I had to. You know really really make sure that I was as in time as possible um, or actually uh, what ended up adding a little bit more um, humanness to it was I would try and sync up the program drums to the live beat 
so if the if the beat swayed at all or, or shifted around um, you know the the drum machine playing or something would uh, match up closer to the organic recording of that okay that's pretty neat man um, I yeah. and that's something that I'm personally not that familiar with I, I am but I've over you know what I've been doing is just been mostly trying to stick to you know one or the other, mm. and I did do a couple tracks where I'd, you know have both going on, but I was mostly just going and you know I did like 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 live bass for one track, you know, just mm -hmm. like a bass guitar, and then overlaid it with with synthesizers. Right, and and it is difficult to you know try to get those two to match each other, especially just in terms of the uh, in just the sound, it's just completely different when you're playing those. Yeah. But that could be good. It can. Know? I mean, uh, you know, there's just there, a there's weird dynamic between the two. Yeah, and I think I think you can come up with some creative layering that way. Um, even if you're just doubling up the same part, you know, each each instrument has a different uh, timbre and different uh, feel to it. So you know, putting live bass with a synth bass is can be pretty cool. It know? can be. Now, I was curious. Um, you mentioned that. Um, you probably wouldn't do the solo endeavor as much as you did in the way that you you did. I'm curious. Yeah. To, I'm curious to hear, hear you elaborate on that. Not to the extent that I did. Um, I mean, to sum up, the, this whole project took almost three years. From I'm not counting like the the song fragments that have been around for for a while, but like when I started being intentional about it and trying to like set a, a timeline, I started. Uh, you know, 2015, like the end of 2015, basically. And um, it was kind of excruciating. It was just me by myself doing everything I could that I knew how to do. And in some cases, I had to learn how to do certain things. Um, and, I mean, on the one hand, I could have reached out to people at various points, but I kind of wanted to see if I could do absolutely everything by myself. Uh, that said, now that I've done it, I don't really want to go through it again. <laughs> it was um, at least not like a full-length album, not for that long of a period, uh, and not, the, not to the level of ambition that I tried to pour into the songs, because like, the amount of layering... And uh, and the lyrics and the um, just everything that I, I tried to um, I put way more thought into it than I probably needed to, I guess. I mean, I, I, think, I tend to overthink everything. So well, I think that's also something that almost every you know musician does if they're working by themselves on a solo album is that like there if there's they don't expect to have any help with anything that they're going to do everything by themselves, mm -hmm. and that is absolutely overwhelming. Yeah, and I was also aware of, um, you know, that I, I can totally be a perfectionist, and I wasn't paying for studio time, so I, I could take as long as I wanted to, but at the same time, I was aware that of, of trying to um, limit my options and set deadlines and, um, you know, other productivity tricks to, to not get um, bogged down, so... Uh, I can't say I stuck to that all the time, but uh, I was trying to somewhat balance that yeah. with um, 
you know, I mean, as obviously I wasn't intending to wait until August of this year to release it, but, um, but I could have just kept working on it too. <laughs> yeah. Um, it Definitely. was just time to, to put it out. So now did you, after writing all the music and getting all the tracks set of what, you know, deciding which tracks you want in your album, did you do the mixing and mastering all by yourself as well? Yes. Yeah. Um, as much as I can call it mastering, um, <laughs> since I'm not professionally trained, but, uh, I, I definitely, um, I definitely got a better result than my previous recordings. I, I can tell that I'm improving in my production skills, which is uh, really satisfying to see, at least from my own um, accomplishments. Um, but yeah, I, I sort of, I mixed um, kind of as I recorded. I mean, just short things like, you know, putting up a compressor or like a quick EQ so it wasn't immediately distracting when I was playing back a zillion times. Um, but then once all of the tracks were done recording, I went back and, and tried to um, tried to make each a, a phase clean cut, you know? So like, tracking is done, so now it's mixing, and now I'm gonna start with the simplest form of mixing, arguably the most important, but volume and EQ and compression, and not do any reverb, delay, distortion until I was done with um, setting levels and setting EQ and everything. Um, at least like a first pass, um, you know, because it's it's really easy to jump ahead and try and make everything sound fun and polished and and reverby, you know, um, and then you go back and realize like that bass is just way too loud or I can't hear the harmony and then when you start messing with volume levels after you've already put everything in, um, things get out of whack pretty quick. So, <laughs> um, but yes, as far as mastering, I um, I took a really long time to finish mixing, and then once I was satisfied with the state of each song, then I I tried to um, you know cut that phase off and start just mastering all of the songs as a whole um, as an album you know, level matching and trying to get them all roughly in the same tonality and uh, that kind of thing. And cool. I think it turned out pretty decent. I mean, I'm happy with it. I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious also about uh, the lyrics that you, that you uh, sung mm -hmm. on your songs, about, you know, inspirations to them and where, you know, what inspires you for lyrics? Uh, mostly my life. Um, I, I write what I know, but not all of it is 100% autobiographical. Um, you know, some songs are closer to an actual personal experience than others. Um, sometimes I take an observation or two of life and then I, I turn around and try and, and make a story out of it. So, uh, case in point, um, the song Signs and Blessings, the first verse, uh, talks about um, trying to, to read the Bible when I'm going to sleep and getting really sleepy and thinking that uh, the devil was distracting me. And I thought that was true when I was like eight or 10 or something. And that uh, is no longer a belief of mine, but the, uh, <laughs> the remainder of the song is just kind of an extrapolation of, of uh, the idea of, of um, responsibility and where you place it and who you attribute 
certain things too, maybe. Like, uh, I don't know, I had, a, I had a couple of friends growing up that would, would use the excuse God's telling me to, uh, to date someone else. So I kind of drew from that because that's just crappy. <laughs> so, um, you know, something like that. Or, um, you know, other songs are about um, portions of childhood or um, a lot of it, I think, tied in. It wasn't meant to be a recurring theme, but um, a lot of it tied into my current job and uh, the corporate environment in general. Um, hmm. I'm a, a data analyst and report automation guy at work. So um, part of that, I, I took a lot of joy from in, you know, coding and automation. And um, a lot of that actually can translate pretty well to music um, in, a, in a pretty fun way. But at the same time, corporate culture can be hell. You know, I mean, there's, hmm. there's so much um, groupthink and... Uh, people saying things that clearly just aren't true so it's a lot of that kind of carried over into that uh, into some of the songs um, namely uh, process improvement where I tried to fit in as many corporate buzzwords as I could uh, but uh, yeah I mean now that's from um, um, the, my girlfriend was mentioning that the title track the first track is a coding thing as if yes. Was. Uh, if then else. If then yeah, else. Yeah. That's um, a funny story. That wasn't called anything at, at, at first. It was just the uh, the does not equal sign or the um, the greater than the less than and greater than symbol back to back. Uh, and then when I tried to submit to CD Baby, it wouldn't let me, or, well, they wouldn't let me just submit a symbol for a track name. So I went back and forth with them like four times, adding really? random things, and then finally I just added the the subtitle "If Then Else," and they were like, "Yeah, sure, cool." So that's wacky, man. That. Yeah, I. Whatever. I'm sure they've got some standardized rules and stuff, but um, yeah. But I, I also didn't. Um, I mean, it's an instrumental intro track, so I, I didn't put too much uh, weight into the the titling, but. But yeah, I mean, uh, if statement or if then statement is kind of the, the basis of a lot of coding and programming and um, not that I'm involved in it, but AI, just, you know, these um, conditional statements. And where does the, where's your name Data Ledger come from? Uh, it's an anagram. Is it? <laughs> yeah, of the Caldera. I thought I was being clever. Uh, and the, the fact that it's electronica based so the data comes into that and uh letcher like i don't know like really being way too into data and information and consumed by it in kind of a gross way i can see that yeah i like that <laughs> all right <laughs> cool man i'm trying to think if i have a question for you at the moment is there anything you want to tell me <clears throat> about you know music production and working on your album anything in interesting from your 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 songs while you're writing them. Well, there's I mean there's tons of stuff I could talk about. But actually, you know what I'm curious about? Have you been performing your your album at all? I haven't. Um, and that's that's one thing I kind of intentionally, or at least I, I knew about going in, is that I probably wouldn't be able to replicate all of it myself live. Um, 
I'm sure it, it's possible with a group of people, um, you know, to reorchestrate some of the parts, but um, I always think about, uh, I'm totally going to paraphrase this quote, but uh, Wayne Coyne of the Flaming Lips at some point said that he wasn't a musician so much as like the studio was his instrument, mm -hmm. and that he, he puts all his focus into the studio recording of it. Um, and not to say that their live performances aren't spectacular, but uh, I always, in my, in my own love of music and in making music myself and with others, I always love the recording process way more than performing. I always love listening to a CD by myself than going to a show. I'm, I know I'm in the minority about that, but uh, that's just... I, I way prefer that, you know. I, I um, think, uh, uh, honestly, I think uh, I think there's a lot of uh, musicians, solo musicians, doing similar stuff that we're doing of recording an album by themselves, releasing it, and not and knowing that they're not going to perform it. Mm -hmm. I think that's a growing culture in in in, uh, in independent music lately, especially in the electronic uh, genre. You know, sure. A lot of I think a lot of us are recording knowing that we're never going to perform these really live some are you know in, con in contrast there are plenty of guys who are you know, pl uh, plenty of musicians creating electronic music and performing live but i think a lot of us are are in that that group of i just want to be in my studio and record this put it out there and i don't want to have to go out there and present it to anyone sure yeah i mean uh i'm definitely more comfortable um you know behind the scenes not on stage facing a crowd but um i wouldn't say i would i would never perform it um just that i i don't tend to get a whole lot of satisfaction out of it mm -hmm. i see it more as a necessary um exposure tactic than anything else and that I've, i feel like i've just come to understand that uh most people just prefer seeing stuff performed live but I'm also trying to just um, focus on what I want to do and what I like instead of uh, what I think other people will, which is that was actually another point of, of the album, I guess, is this is probably the first time where I, I tried to deliberately only, only make music that I knew I would want without thinking about what would, what would the masses think, what you know, all 30 people that, that <laughs> bought it. Um, what would my friends and family think, or um, would they enjoy it or not? Um, I mean, it's... I guess everyone's experience is different, but uh, for me, it was a hard lesson to learn that, um, in general, people already know you, and then you start trying to do something artistic, they're not going to care, really, too much. It's more the strangers that have that don't know you outside of music that are going to be more attached to it so i feel like i i had i took a long time to um let go of that uh feeling and i finally i tried to put that into the album you know not like not in a lashing out way just in a i'm gonna do this just for me and hopefully it, it turns out um better quality than maybe uh, censoring myself or compromising on something because I think others will like it more. That kind of thing. I get that because 
you know, similarly, you know, with with the music I've been putting out, it's not, you know, I think a lot, and in, 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 in contrast to you, a lot of it is personal, and we're doing it for ourselves. This is music that we're writing because this is what we feel like what, that we want to write, not that it's going to be commercially successful or that the people around us, our friends and family, are, are anticipating that kind of music out of us at all. Mm-hmm. It's just something that we want to do for ourselves and to get it out there in some in some form. Yeah. And whether that be a CD or cassette tape or, or even just an MP3 download mm-hmm. or some format like that, it's something that is more personal for us and that as a musician and artist, it's something that we're just going to do anyway. That you know, this is how this is part of us, and this is how an extension of us. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely um, something to be said about like this is going to happen no matter what in some form. You know, like yeah, you you just have a, a drive to create something, and you got to create it, and it might be good or bad, and people might like it or not, but like it it was gonna it had to exist. Um, what I'm curious um, about is, do you, do you feel that if you if you're not creating, you don't feel like yourself? Yeah, definitely. Um, that was part of the the reason I, I got so heavy into this one album is uh, I I produced uh, two albums of of other people's um, in like the two to three year gap between the Caldera EP and when I started the Data Letcher album. And though those were fun, I, I didn't have any um, I didn't have any creative output doing it. You know, yeah. I was recording it, I was I was mixing for them, um, and you know, I, I at the time I thought I would focus more on on just production in general and and trying to see if I if it was viable to get a recurring client base sort of thing. But I just missed writing stuff and making my own things and, and putting my voice to something. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I I need to be at least moderately frequently um, writing something. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It has much more is much more stimulating than than working on someone else's work. Although that is a great thing to do, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm glad you're, I'm glad to hear that you're also you know working with other musicians and producing. Yeah, and and playing for other bands too. I mean, that's fun, um, yeah. and and I do get enjoyment out of it. But it, it is not. It's a separate thing than, um, you know, putting my creative voice into something. Um, you know, I, I could say I, I wrote a drum part for a band, and and that's me creating or writing. But it's also not. Um, I don't know. It's it's just uh, it's a little bit different. <laughs> And starting a, a song uh, from the, the beginning, and trying to, whether alone or collaboratively, you know, come up with something together. But uh, yeah, cool. Doesn't mean the uh, the creative process is fun, though. So <laughs> I uh, have yet to to really uh, get too much enjoyment while I'm creating something. It's it's kind of a, a struggle all the way through until it's done, and then I really enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's... it. Uh, I have to be doing it, but when I'm doing it, it's stressful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. I think that's all I got at the moment. 
All right. Any other comments? Um, else you want to add to uh, about you know producing your your first solo album? I'm glad it's done. I'm really proud of it, and um, I hope to be working on follow-up stuff soon. Hope to hear it. Yeah. And now let's hear some beats. My social filters down, it seems. 